Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're at Klubes. I'm at Klubes. I'm in LA. I'm at uh, at our friend Stephen J. Klubeck's compound in uh, BH, Beverly Hills. I'm in the theater room right now. This place is unbelievable. Wow. Well, only the best for the Klubes. You know what I mean? <sighs> it's it's one thing to be as successful as Stephen is, but to be as generous as he is, it's, I mean, it's crazy. So Michelle's meeting me out here and we've switched our reservation from one of the few hotels actually open in LA to staying in what is basically a hotel owned by Stephen Klubeck. You know what, Joe? You're, uh, you're blessed. You're a blessed man. You know hashtag, that? hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. I, I hashtag don't you blessed. feel, don't you feel like, honestly, you know, you and I talk hashtag all the time. I think hashtag should be used as a, uh, as an exclamation point. It should be, it should be <laughs> blessed. Hashtag. Now you, you have been trying to push this narrative and this sort of change of the hashtag for a while now. And when you first brought it up to me about a year ago, it, it made me queasy. I, for some reason I did not like it because e- after everything I would say, Joe would go hashtag. I, I'm like, dude, you gotta <laughs> stop that. It's just, I'd be like, hey, dude, let's, fa- it made you so mad. I love making you frustrated. There is nothing. Uh, I love making my wife frustrated by being annoying. And I, God, I love making you frustrated by being annoying and saying <laughs> shit that you hate. Uh, oh, God. I, I know what you mean because I do like to needle people as well. But that one got me because you know, <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, hey, let's, uh, yeah. let's, 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 hey, mate, let's go to the, let's go to the pool. Let's go hit some balls. Hashtag. I'm like, oh, dude, I just know more of this. I cannot deal with it. Oh <laughs> God. I just love that. I don't know. <laughs> and then that you take it every time and get so mad is. Yeah. And there's no reason for me to get upset really, because it's not that big of a deal, but you know, there's certain things in life that you can't really explain why they irk you. And, and this right. was one of them. There's no reason that this should sort of, you know, when you get that feeling in the in your stomach, like, oh my god, I just don't like that. I just don't like that. That that's where that's where I'm at with the hashtag thing. But I've 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 eased. I've I've grown into it. You know. No, I love you. Uh, I've missed you. I feel like I haven't seen you. This is another week where we haven't talked. I've been on a mm-hmm. mini golf trip, uh, and now we're in L.A. and. Uh, it's pretty damn nice out here right now. There's no humidity. It's uh, overcast. I don't know the difference between overcast and smog, but either way, it's uh, 
it's really nice out here. Well, I'm happy you are in my hometown. You know, I wish I was there to see you, but I'm not. I'm in, uh, still in Colorado. I feel like you're being held we're captive. No, I, I'm holding myself captive. I don't want to go anywhere, man. I love it here. It's it's just so great. We started the rem- remote learning with the kids. Um, and that has actually gone relatively smooth. You know, I mean, there's the first week we had, which is sort of learning everything. And there's a thousand fucking Zooms and here's how to log in here. And, you know, then you need this class. I mean, it's pretty gnarly, but the kids picked it up pretty quickly. And, you know, I think there's a flow, a flow going already. So it's not too bad. Rio, Rio, your baby is how old? Eight, seven? She's seven. How old your baby? Yeah. So does she, does she have to do all this stuff too? Yeah. 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 You know what I'm finding though? I like her Zooms, her, her, her class is, you know, I can hear it. The, the boys have their headphones on and they're, they're doing their thing. And, uh, you know, I was watching this morning and I feel like, I feel like school needs to shift a little bit, sort of just the emotional awareness of children. I feel like a seven-year-old today is more mature than they were years and years ago. Yet some of the um, teachers, it's very kid-like, like, hey, you know, it's like Barney in a way. And I'm sort of- Hello again. <laughs> Welcome to the Zoom class. Is everybody right. ready to learn today? Right. It's like, give yourself a big morning hug. And I'm like, Ugh. she doesn't need to do that right now. I mean, you know, she's just caught 20 fish in the pond and is riding- her ATV and I. Right. Yeah. You just taught her how to smoke last week, didn't you? Yeah, she had her first cigarette, you know, and, and I yeah. feel like once once you start smoking, morning hugs are sort of irrelevant. Yeah, especially, you know, when you got that morning cigarette breath. And I know. I mean, the problem she's is seven. Sh- yeah, I know, but it, yeah, you got to start them early, and she likes the camel non-filters, and they're very yes. hard to find. Well, it's a, it's a proper way to start because then, you know, you, you hit it with a bang, and then you back off as you get older. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, my kids are drinking, so they're they're 12 right. and, and ten, 13 and 10, so she'll, she'll start drinking in a couple of years. How so. funny is it that if we put this out, and we will put this part out, that people will actually think we're serious, and some people do not <laughs> understand uh, sarcasm, humor, anything. They take everything literally, and then they get upset, and they will tweet something. Oh, my God, Oliver Hudson's taught his yeah. seven-year-old how to smoke it's you know what though i Cancel hope they him. do i hope they do because that will get us press and what we need this podcast we need more people to listen to this goddamn thing so if that <clears throat> means a few more listeners then i'm all for it print away you know we need Print to do away. ads. We need to do ads. We need to get the. We need to get. We need to do billboards. We need to do direct mail. Yeah. We need to yeah. do uh, leaflets in in everybody's mailbox. We need no, to, no, no, uh, no, no, no. You know, we should do. We should do like World War II style propaganda style. And yes. Just drop leaflets out of like big bombers. <laughs> what is that? Who's <laughs> literate? Wait. Let's listen to daddy issues. Dude, by the way, we should drop them in North Korea. We should drop them in North Korea. (laughs) Well, I think we're already pretty big in North Korea. Yes. Yes. Hey, you know what? You know what? We can be as big as we want in North Korea because no one has the real numbers. So we could just say that. Or or the internet. Yeah. (laughs) 
Dude, by the way, uh, that would be the most amazing publicity stunt ever if we actually dropped dropped leaflets over major cities. <laughs> we can get Kurt to do it. Isn't he like a, isn't Kurt a half-assed pilot? Like he could do it. Just open, open the cargo door. Like yeah, he's uh, a great pilot. Tom Cruise in the drug smuggling movie and just dump it over the dump leaflets out over major. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Who's I a mean, better pilot? A, a, Kurt or Harrison Ford? Kurt, not Kurt, Kurt, without a doubt. I have no problem saying that, even though I don't. Don't don't even say it. Just flies, although he did crash. Bad luck. No, he did crash. Um, he Harrison crashed his plane at Penmar Golf Course. This was a few years ago. In uh, in L.A. Hey Joe, how come you're coughing so much? Um, so I choked this morning on. Uh, do you hear that? I'm cho- I I choked this morning on a breakfast bar thing and i cannot it's like a little seed is stuck in my throat so i this podcast is going to be horrible i just yeah because you're going to be freezing uh, i'm going to be cutting out i know but every time i talk it's like well i'm doing that while you're trying to reconnect i'll be more respectful once we start no but the other thing too is i hear your swallowing is so loud it's crazy (laughs) Well, that's because I have these stupid earphones in. So what were we talking about? We were uh, were talking about Kim Jong-un and his inability to listen to this podcast. Oh, and how we're going to promote this motherfucker and how we're going to get more listeners and how we're going to like really make a dent in in society and how daddy issues is going to take over the world and, and change the way we think. Yeah, that's what. That's the only reason why I got into this. I mean, I have a, I have a, an audience every weekend of you know between ten and twenty million people. So I, so I'm let, not in let this me ask for you, health. Let me ask you a question then. How come we can't attract that audience of the ten to twenty? I mean, even if we just got a small percentage, you know, I think we'd be well on our way to fame and stardom. Oh, well, how many people are in their beds across this country every night watching syndicated rules of engagement, uh, and we can't get any of those people as you play the dumb guy flopping around the stage? This is literally the only people who listen to this show are rules of engagement fans. That's just a fact. Well, I, it's in the sports category, so I don't get that. And uh, <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, I, you know, people are stuck with me. Rules of engagement. I guess they're kind of stuck with you if they're if they're fans of David Spade or uh, Warburton or any of these other people, and they they want to watch their comedy on back in the day CBS. Well, they also have to put up with yours. So uh, if somebody wants to watch the Saints game week one against Tom Brady and the Bucks, they have to put up with me if they're going to watch it on TV. It's just kind of the way the world. Oh my works. God, football starting! It's exciting. <clears throat> It's hard I'm to believe excited. for me, and I do it I for a living. And our guest today, by the way, and we are, you know, a handful of minutes away from from Aaron joining us, is has become over the years one of my best friends in life. I would say my my two best girl friends are your sister or was your mm-hmm. sister. I don't know if we still are, and then uh, and then Aaron, <laughs> who I who I get to work with. I get to see her. I get to see Troy every weekend, and it's kind of. Uh, a nice dose of sanity in the midst of all the chaos of covering the NFL on a weekly mm-hmm. basis, a bi-weekly basis, I might add. Mm-hmm. You're going to start traveling again. 
I'm a little iffy on that. I'm a little iffy on uh, going to hotel rooms and going to uh, airplanes and car rides and stadiums. And it's going to be odd being in the stadium. So I haven't done a game yet. Base done two baseball games, but I've done them remotely from a studio. And now, well, I'm going to sit in an empty stadium and act like there are people there as I watch Drew Brees take on Tom Brady week one. Dude, how about that? What a fun week one. God. It, no matter what, as long as Tom Brady stays healthy, whether they're good or bad, and I happen to think they're going to be really good. He's loaded with offensive weapons, but I, it'll be must-see. It'll be must-see to see the guy with six Super Bowl rings uh, play every week and see over the years, it's this great experiment now. Was it Belichick all along or was it Brady all along? Can one win without the other? And and we'll see. You know, Belichick's got Cam Newton and Jared Stidham, who's got a bad hip, and, you know, Brady's trying to find the fountain of youth in Florida like Ponce de Leon. <laughs> I know, but isn't that sort of like, you know, narrowing it down too much? I mean, when you're talking about a team, you've got of course you've got Belichick and you've got Brady and that that is the heart of the team or that's that was the engine I guess but I mean is that really the end all like if if Tom wins or if Belichick wins does that really say who's who I think to some degree in each of their worlds it does I think that was the impetus behind Tom Brady leaving ultimately I think he wants to prove that this guy who took over in 2001 and is still winning Super Bowls in his 40s is the reason why the Patriots have been so great for so long. I, I happen to think they're equal parts in this, and I I don't think one over the years would have done what they were able to do without the other. That defense is always great because of Belichick, and Brady is just a surgeon. When he gets hot, uh, he's he's a he's as good as there ever has been. And, and he knows how to win. He lifts everybody up around him. Like you on this podcast, you make everybody better. I do. I mean, I do. I just, you know, I just wish I got more credit for that. Do you think Tampa Bay is going to win the Super Bowl? That, that brings in a lot of factors, but I think they're, I, I, I say this. yes. You think they're going to win the Super Bowl? A lot yeah, of things just, have to happen. They, he has I, to stay healthy. Yeah, that's fine. He's gonna stay healthy. Brady's has a big ass horseshoe up his ass. He, it's perfect. I mean, if he wins, he's he. How can he not win? You know what I mean? That's just his life, and that's just his luck, and that's his talent, really. But how can he not win? It's just too good. <clears throat> the beauty of why they've been so good, or the beauty while they have been, not why, not not the reason why, but the beauty of it is, it's almost been like whoever they hand him as weapons even guys past their prime he's never had a downfield guy in his prime he's never had a top flight running back he's had the tight ends he's had Gronk uh he's had these little slot guys like mm -hmm. Edelman Welker Hernandez and, right, yeah, West, Edelman. Yeah. so he's had these pieces but now he's going to Tampa Bay with an offensive-minded head coach he's always had a defensive-minded head coach and he's got legit weapons oh. everywhere he looks and oh, so God. i mean they've, they're they're tight ends oj howard is a guy that nobody even talks about everybody talks about mm -hmm. gronk but they have these receivers they have evans who's a huge tall big bodied guy downfield and godwin who's can go all Godwin's over go over the middle amazing yeah 
Yeah, I mean, he's going to have the opportunity, I think, to light it up. I just want to see the guy stay healthy, and I think it could be really, really, really interesting this year. And we're going to have him on a lot, so that's that's good. There have been years where we haven't done Tampa Bay games, and now we're going to we're starting off the year with one. And then how? And you still can't get Tom Brady to come on this show. We we had him lined up. I actually went to Aaron, who's really close with Tom because they uh, they have a place in the same vacation area, so they spent a lot of time with Brady. He's like, yeah, absolutely. But it was he was just doing. What did he have coming up? He had that golf thing that was coming up, and then he did somebody else's long form interview, and he was like, I'm just getting ready for the season, and I get that. We'll get him. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll come travel to where you are, you know, and please hang out in some weird city and we can maybe grab some, uh, we can grab some players. Maybe we can just set up a table on the sideline during the game and you can announce it. It's going to be wide open. Run up to people live and just be like, hey, like, do you have daddy issues? Yeah. That's great. Drew Brees, talk to us about your was your dad a tough love guy? Huh? Hey, go back in there, you crazy kid. Go ahead. Finish off this drive. Exactly. Hey, if it's if it's a three and out, please come back to me. <laughs> I like it. I think there's some uh there's some there's some juice mm-hmm. there. I think that would Could be that great. would really work. I can run out into the I can run out onto the field with like my Zoom recorder and just get in the middle of the huddle pass the mic around well now with social distancing it's not like somebody's going to chase you down and tackle you like they would typically <laughs> they're going to have to stay six feet away the security you yeah. can just like you can just shadow oh, box with them and dude then- it's the best time to be a streaker for sure like no one can touch you yeah you're, you're just- naked on top of it yeah 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 this is good Maybe if you sneak me into one of these games, I'll just streak. That would be good for the show. You would do it. That's the scary thing. Is I know you well enough to know that. It, okay, you wouldn't do it, but it would at least no. you would at least think about it, kind of. No, not that. That's too scary for me. Like I, I, I'm honestly too insecure. Meaning I want to be liked too much, and I know that if I did that, a lot of people wouldn't like me. So that's the psychology. But a lot more would that. would would know a lot more about you. They would, and we'd know a lot more about Aaron. By the way, my wife is mildly pissed at you from our uh, our lead in last week when you said that she was more promiscuous than your wife. Well, she why it's the truth. <laughs> She's like, I mean, you know, I met you when I was thirty six, and you know, those two met twenty plus years ago. So of course, I will have been with. <laughs> Uh, more men than Aaron, but just because a matter of time, I mean, you know, so she's hot. But, she, she oh, wants to come on here and defend her honor. Oh, was she really like kind of peeved about that? <laughs> Not really, but yeah, I, she, she, it got her attention. I mean, believe me, she listened to the beginning part and, and walked out like, okay, why does Oliver say on your podcast that I'm more promiscuous than mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. she, you, you pissed her off. Well, it's true. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. How are you? Last time I saw you was at the World Series. I know. I'm good. I'm good. I'm living in Colorado. You are? Where are you guys? Mm -hmm. You have a place out there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here. I mean, you know, I've got the three kids, so it's remote learning, right? So there's no reason for me to be 
in Los Angeles. You and I, Oliver, didn't really talk about why I wanted to have Aaron on. Normally, Aaron, we talk uh, for a while before the guest comes on. Mm -hmm. I had to go to the bathroom. Oliver's phone froze up. So we we really didn't get into it. But I can't think of anybody I know, uh, hopefully outside of my own girls, who are as close with their father as you are. I, and and when I, you know, daddy issues takes on a lot of different iterations, but for you, your daddy issues to me feel like they're all positive. I, I just think he is a huge force in your life and, and somebody that you go to for everything. Yeah. That's why I was thinking about doing this and I, you know, was like, Oh God, what's he going to ask me? And I think that's why Joe's girls and I connect so well, because I just see so much of their relationship and what I have with my dad. And I texted Natalie the other day and I just said, your dad just, or I just talked to your dad. So great to hear his voice. And she said, I know, I know. He just, uh, he was texting me this morning and said, you know, how much he missed me and loved me. And, and that's the text I share with my dad, Oliver. We have a text chain, you know, the four of us, it's my mom, my sister, my dad and myself. And then there's one with my dad and my sister. And it's just like, love you, daddy, love you, daddy. And it, it's so interesting to see how other people do have that, like a Natalie and a Trudy or, you know, my, or certain people don't, I mean, my, my husband, they don't really say I love you or things like that. They do, mm -hmm. but you know, it, we say it like the word the, you know, it, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know we're like that too. We're very, uh, affectionate yeah. and verbally affectionate as well. You know, did you, did you grow up? Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a sister. Yes. Good listening. Okay. Skills, Cause I just mentioned that. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't ever listen. It's like, God, you got to go back over it. It's like, Oh really? And, uh, his next question will be, so are you close with your dad? No, <laughs> you know, honestly, the problem is, is Joe coughs in the middle of every half sentence. So I, it, it, it drowns out the truth. Right, right, you know, right, right. Yeah. This is it. This is the last one we're doing. This uh, is it. Enjoy God. it, people. Um, All right. Go ahead. What, ask your question. What did your dad do? What did your dad uh, do for a living? When so you were he's an up? investigative reporter for local affiliate in Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, NBC affiliate. And so growing up, I just, he worked the weekend news. And then, you know, later on in my life, he worked, you know, the, the weekday news. So seeing my dad on TV, you know, much like Natalie and Trudy wasn't a big deal for me. We'd go pick up my dad at the station after he was done with the six o'clock news to go to dinner get him back there so he could work on his story for 11. Um, yeah, but it early on in my career and I, or career in my life, I know my dad set the foundation because my mom was a public school teacher. So she was gone all day from Monday through Friday. And when my dad worked the weekends, he had me, they were still together, but it was just, you know, the babysitting, how he had me. And we did the grocery shopping together. You know, I was in the the feminine aisle asking my dad what a tampon was at five. And he would say all the ladies around him were like, what is it? You know? <laughs> I still, I'm still not even sure. Uh, I, it, wait till you get to the, the certain type of absorbencies. That's when it's really, it took me to ET and I had to leave when, you know, ET got sick because I told him my stomach hurt, but really I didn't want to cry in front of him. And he said, no, it's okay to cry. You can cry. And I said, I, I'm not going to cry. My stomach hurts. Um, we would have our dates at the arcade. That's where I learned to love Galaxian um, and, you know, things like that. So yeah, it was like, my dad had me during the weekdays and that's really when our bond formed the whole sports thing started because he's from New England. He loves the Red Sox. He loves the Celtics. Um, 
didn't like New England because they were crappy at the time and they were blacked out. So the Packers were already on. So that's where his love affair started. And the cool thing about my dad, which is a lot like Joe, he's such an incredible storyteller. And he would tell stories about Magic and Larry and their, you know, their relationship or Casey Jones or the chief. And um, I grew up thinking the Boston Celtics were my friend. I mean, Kevin McHale was my first crush. Uh, And I later told him that in an airport, I probably, yeah, I was in my thirties and I ran up to him and I was like, you were my first crush. And he couldn't run away from me quick enough. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where our best friend started, which was really great. Kevin McHale. I don't, I think you could be the only person in the country whose first crush was Kevin McHale. I disagree. Ask all these people from Boston back in the day. Kevin McHale, yes, please. I, he had no shoulders. <laughs> I never understood that. He, he like, he had his, his shoulders were kind of, yeah, narrow and, yeah. but man, he was good. God, he was good. Shortest shorts. He was kind of like Teen Wolf in a way, right? Oh. Yes. Yes. Very much so. I, so you have not just the relationship with your dad that, that is emotionally supportive, but him being in TV is such a plus for you. Like I, I know you'll do reports from the sidelines and you'll you're on that text chain with your dad and yeah. I assume your mom and your sister, but, but you're definitely, Hey, how was that yeah. dad? How was that? Or, you know, what should I be looking for? Mm-hmm. So he, he's, he's got, he's got a practical uh, application for your career too. Not just emotional. Yeah. He like works as a producer for me, Oliver. Joe knows this, you know, I've, I've got my phone with me and, you know, but before my first hit, I'll ask him about it or, you know, just say, this isn't working out. What do you think? Or if I need to slow down, which I always do, or take a breath, or as Joe would say, Jesus, this this is just sports. It's not brain surgery. Just get it out. Uh, By the way, is one of the best stories I have about Joe Bach. And I can tell that one later. Mm. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, my dad will say, you know, louder. You can't hear anything. Ezekiel Elliott's hurt. Go check on him. Dad, I know. Joe just said that. You know, I have program in my ear too. But it's awesome, you know, and those dreaded post-game interviews in the NFC championship where you don't want to talk or you don't want to bother the Mike Zimmer mm. or the Kyle Shanahan after the Super Bowl. I'm just like, what do you think? What do you think? He's a great sounding board and I trust him so much. When I do Packers games, he gets a little too damn involved and, you know, ask him about third down. What's the problem? Why aren't they wrong? I'm like, dad, I can't. <laughs> Not no interest in your questions right now. So yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's really, really funny. Are you ever, is it all love or are you ever like, okay, dad, you've got to leave me alone for a second. I know you love this, but you've got to chill out. It's all love. The Packers games are a tad intense. You know, he has the 15 questions for LaFleur and I, I'm just like, dad, I'm getting two. That's it. Like, you know, put your running, running back questions away, put your defense questions away. Dom Capers isn't involved anymore, dad. I'm not going to ask Dom Capers a question, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, the hardest one I think was the NFC championship in Seattle, uh, Packers, uh, Seahawks. And I had Seattle sideline and it was the one obviously where, you know, the onside kick, Russell Wilson, I think had, he didn't, but 20 interceptions in the game. They come back to win it in the end, a huge collapse. And I just, I think three minutes left, I was like, I'm going to have to get Pete. They're going to lose. And my dad's like, I'm going to puke. This isn't over yet. And he was right. And at the end he was like, great job, but sick. So yeah, he, he gets a little emotionally involved. There was one game, Joe actually made me cry. Um, we had oh, Seattle week one, there was that massive hurricane going for Tampa 
It was the very first game my dad couldn't watch because he was working the hurricane for his station. And I was a mess. And he just said, let's not do the text chain because I need my battery for my cell phone. And that like got me. I was like, holy crap. My dad's already on line one. He's working this hurricane. I remember they did the anthem. Rogers walked over and he said, how's your parents? And I said, I don't know. I can't get in touch with them. And then when we came back from break, I did my report and Joe said, we're thinking about everybody in Tampa, including Aaron's family. I have goosebumps. And I was like, <laughs> oh. in she's an easy cry, Ollie. She's an easy cry. I, wow. I, I'm, I've grown, you know, Aaron and I are so close that there are times where I have to maybe walk the same line her dad does because she'll ask my advice and I don't want to be meddling in what she's doing. She's a professional. She's done it for a long time, but I do feel protective of her and I do, you know, try to help when I can. And I'll ask her stuff, you know, about, about what I'm saying up there. I mean, we, we are very lucky in a business that just breeds, uh, breeds insecurity that we've got the core group that we have that all roots for the other person. And that, you know, I, I don't know what it's like in the acting world. I assume there's some of that. I know, you know, whenever there's no. quotes about you got to be collaborative. I, I, and I don't like it. I, I mean, if, if, if someone's getting a job and they're like really <laughs> rich, it, it, it pisses me off. I'm like, God damn it. Why? It doesn't make sense. I was on the WB and I was the hot, the next hot guy. What the fuck happened? You know what I mean? How come, <laughs> how come these, how come these other guys did yeah, it? Look and at like, his face. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I look back. I look back at some of my WB shows. I'm like, well, pretty fucking good. Why? What happened? How come I didn't make it? And then you know, I see Chris Pratt do Jurassic Park 17, and I'm like, yeah, this, what the hell? God damn it, Survivor Chris. man. Bullshit. Those dinosaurs don't get up. No, I'll say this, and this is my Joe. I mean, I have a ton of Joe Buck stories, but look, I I was so thankful for my time at ESPN. I did so much there, but it it was time to go. And I always wanted to work with Joe and Troy. And I thought the biggest reason was Joe just seemed like a guy that when he, he does a game, you just sound like you're at the bar having drinks with him. And I loved that. And so my first couple years, I was, I mean, I still get really, really nervous, but I was nervous. I mean, I probably had the flattest stomach out there because I mean, my, I was going to the bathroom nonstop because I just mm. had a nervous <laughs> stomach, which was great. Let's do a photo shoot from the next time. <laughs> um, I, I mean, shocker in the ballroom, we were doing a Packers game and it was Aaron Rodgers' damn calf. It's always his calf. And I had to do this report and I, we were doing a rehearsal and I could not spit it I was just crapping all over myself again with the crapping. And um, finally, my producer said, Joe, Joe's calling you. And I thought, why? What's happening? And he's like, Joe's calling you. And I was like, I was shaking. And I was like, hello? And he said, will you just stop it? And I said, what? He goes, just stop. It's a calf injury. This isn't brain surgery. You're making it harder. It's a calf injury. Get it out. You're fine. Have a good game. Mm-hmm. Love you. And I was like, that's my dad. That's what my dad would do. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, Joe, I mean, I, uh, I'm jealous. Mean, I don't get any of that kind of affirmation. <laughs> or, you know, encourage, you encouragement from him. No, that's well. There's a reason. I love oh. Aaron, and you, you and I have a love <laughs> hate relationship. I, Aaron, I do. Aaron, go ahead. Hold on, Aaron. Did your did your? I mean, obviously, your dad was a major major sports fan. But were you drawn to sports on your own, or was that 
because you were just with your father and, you know, in his world? I think it's just with my dad in his world. And from there, the love affair started. Like now I don't watch anything. I haven't even watched The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I need to do. Sorry, Andy Cohen. I can catch you Um, up on that. I know we've got to. But yeah, I, I love it so much. And it's like the city slickers line. Um, we always say it to each other when things were going bad. We always always had the Mets to talk about. I think that was one of the lines like we could always yeah. talk about the Mets. Yep. Um, yeah, like, you know, with all this crap. And Joe, I don't know if you got kind of choked up with that. Probably not. Um, I love that Mike Mulvihill was talking about, you know, the ratings this year and football and why they hope, you know, will be such a draw more so than normal is that people need it because of friendships and their family, it makes them feel closer to their family. I actually got kind of choked up because I miss my family a lot right now. And I can't wait, you know, to talk to my dad about the Packers and, you know, the Bucks and things like that. I think it'll be great to find. Yeah. I, well, we said, we've said that on a couple podcasts <laughs> before that, uh, and, and I did it for Fox when, when we talked to advertisers, this, this is the one thing we have left that brings people together, whether it's yeah. within a family or it's across racial lines, or it's across political lines, or it's across economic lines, whatever it is. If you're a Packer fan, you're a Packer fan. If you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, if you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan, whatever it is, it it, it groups people together in a time when we've never been more divided than we are right now. So sports has a real role. Not everybody's a sports fan, but it's a, it's a huge piece of American life. And now we have football coming back. I just personally feel like it's dropping out of the sky, like with, be, with no preseason. I, I think we're seeing some of the value of preseason, even though nobody loves it and teams approach it in a way, you know, there've been years where the Rams don't play anybody during the entire preseason that you're going to see week one, but it gets everybody kind of ramped up for, okay, next week it counts and here we go. And now it's just like, oh, by the way, the NFL starts next Thursday. Oh, I know. Okay. Like, I, wonder, I wonder if we're going to see more early injuries. Because of that, Joe, what do you think about that? I I do. I I think we're going to see sloppy play the first month of the season. I think we're going to see a lot of what we would see in the preseason in September instead of in August. I, I they don't they don't hit a ton. I was with Kyle Fuller of the Bears yesterday. He seems to think they're going to just come firing out of the gates because they're all rested and ready to go. I just think that the timing and the precision that's required in the NFL is going to lead to a lot of sloppiness early and they'll have to build as the season goes on. I mean, that's kind of, that's what Belichick's always done. He, their, their team is it peaks at the right time and he doesn't really care about September. I mean, they're going to probably win three of the games, but they're going to suffer their loss when they do early. And then they're going to learn from that and almost kind of gather the storm and as they go through the season. But I, I, I personally, yeah, they, they haven't done a lot of hitting, Camp is different. They haven't played other teams. And now all of a sudden, just like us as fans, they're going to show up next Thursday and next Sunday and go, oh, wait a minute, we're playing? Okay, that, that guy, we're trying to win? It, it just, it's hard to flip that switch. Also, yeah. and, if, and, and if their bodies the Browns, are in shape too. Yeah, we're doing the Browns game, what, week two of the season, Thursday night. I was reading the article last night and Stefanski was saying, I just need to get in that stadium. I don't really know it very well because I haven't had any preseason games too, so super fun to go back to your career, Aaron, because I, I, I do think there's, there's opportunity here for us with you on this podcast. Um, and next week where I, I think, or one of these weeks coming up, we're going to have our wives on, which includes my uh-huh. wife, Michelle, uh, 
who, who's who more is, who's more promiscuous than my wife? Yeah, that's been established uh, by right. Oliver. How did she, did she move her hips better than your wife too? Because that girl can dance. Shut my uh, my floor, the dance floor down in my wedding. I'll tell you that. Oh no, she can dance, and that's why she's more promiscuous. You, know, you can tell. <laughs> oh yeah, you can just yeah. tell. Okay, you can just tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. just keep digging. Just keep digging. Uh, but. <laughs> But I, I just know that my wife, who is a guy's girl, I don't know what that exactly means, but if there is such a phenomenon as a guy's girl, she, she can hang with any group. She can go to the country club or she can go to like some shit bar and, and have a blast at both and, and feel at home really with whoever she's around. But you, you and, and my wife, but you, Aaron have to put up with a lot of stuff and we can unpeel some of that or peel some of that as, as we go on. But I mean, just generally, as you look back, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy being a woman in this sports business. And I, and I admire those of you who have been able to really plow through it. And, and you have had to look the other way or put up with a lot of shit over the years, Aaron. And, and, uh, I don't know if you could, you know, what do you tell girls that young women, uh, that want to get into this business? Uh, as I know you get a lot of questions, uh, from a lot of people. Yeah. I, I think it's what John Tortorella, former Tampa Bay lightning, go lightning, uh, head coach told me when, um, my first like kind of big job out of college was I was the ringside reporter for the lightning. God, if I mean, what an opportunity that was. I was 22 years old on the, on the charter, you know, jet with the team sitting in the front row on the bus with the head coach staying at four seasons in Ritz when I had no business doing it. I thought it was so cool making $75 a day in per diem, by the way, and I was still living with my mom and dad, but I would sit in, you know, he made me because I was 22 didn't want me in the back of the bus with a, a one of the crappiest teams in the NHL. He said, you're going to sit here with me on the bus. And um, I did. And message boards started coming out. And I just, one day I was really upset. And he's like, what's your problem? And he's like, power play sucks, doesn't it? And I was like, no, they're talking shit about me on these message boards. They hate my voice. My nose looks like a bird. You know, I don't know hockey very well, this, this, and this. And he just turned to me and said, you need to suck it up get, get thicker skin, get tougher skin. And I was like, okay, that's so easy, you know, to say it, but I mean, like Joe knows, and we all, you know, complain about just morons and in their mom's basements, writing things about us and so forth. But it is really the best piece of advice, how you kind of develop that thick skin is your own kind of process your own way, but it is the best way. I think the other thing for me, how have I done it? You know, develop thick skin. You have to realize, and Joe, we've talked about this a lot. You're not going to please everyone. Not everyone is going to like you. And I came into this industry wanting everyone to like me. I wanted to be the girl next door that just likes sports, but then these other storylines develop. Oh, you know, she got in because of this. She dresses like this. She had a scandal like this. It's just like, you're not going to please everyone. But I think what's made it easier for me or or helped me with it is really my relationships with my announcing team. When I was at ESPN, I was very fortunate to have some really, really 
great friendships and relationships with my announcers. I have that now with Joe and Troy. And I feel like that really helps. I mean, there are times we're on the road, stuff sucks at home, or, you know, you're being written about in the New York Post for ruining the Super Bowl or something like that. You just look to your guys. I'm like, this blows. And they're just like, why do you care? And we all are kind of each other's, I think, you know, motivation or, or sounding board to be like, who gives a shit, you know? But let me, let me ask you a question. But as, as a woman, did you feel like you had to sort of, you know, you want to be the girl next door and who just likes sports. Did you, did you downplay your femininity at all on purpose, purposefully say, I just want to be, I'm a, I'm a woman, but I'm, I'm into sports and I'm, I'm, a, I'm this is what I do. I'm going to downplay that. Was there a conscious decision there ever? I think it's an interesting question. I think when I first got started and I got the keys to the brand new car at ESPN, I was doing two games a week. I started to get put on every single sport. I just didn't care. I was so excited. I dressed like crap. I mean, I tried to put makeup on. I didn't know what I was doing. But I also knew once... I also knew I didn't want to be the girl that wore oversized blazers and baggy trousers. I I just thought to myself, why do we have to do this? Because other women are doing this. Why do we have to hide the fact that we're women? That goes to a lot of what Joe was saying. You can be the wife that goes to the country club, but you can also be the wife that hangs at, you know, the, the bar with the peanuts, you know, on the floor. Yes, you can do that. So why can't you be the chick that plays up, you know, that, hey, I'm a woman and this is how I like to wear clothes. And by the way, I'll talk X's and O's with you. Let's do it. But I did. Of course, sometimes you want to play it down. I want so badly, and I think I'm getting there, to have the I don't give an F attitude. I really do. It'll be a hard hard one. It's hard. It's hard. Oliver, you and I I talk about this, I think, every week with everybody. I strive for that. Yeah, I know. I strive for that, that don't give a fuck attitude. And I've probably even, you know, told this story before, but on my 24th birthday, I was trying to be an actor, you know, and not, it was, I was doing fine, but I was, I, I, I cared too much, you know, and Kurt, uh, pulled me aside and he goes, look, you have the talent. You just have to stop giving a fuck what people think about. That sounds like Joe and I, yeah. Yeah, it's hard though. It's hard. It's 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 not easy because you truly have to just let go of your ego entirely. Yeah. And just say, fuck it. Who cares? You know, as I get older, I think it's getting easier. Um, but it's not an easy thing to do. You yeah. know, Joe, Joe, I mean, Joe cares a lot. Let's be honest. I think that Joe can talk that game, but you, you, you care. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You care. I do. It, it's taken a lot of the fun out of this. This should be the most fun job. I saw my dad, who even at his sickest, couldn't wait to run out of the door and go to work and go downtown and do the Cardinals or get on a plane and go do a Monday night football game or whatever. It was just a different era. And I think as we go forward, it's you have to keep reminding yourself that, that that's just noise that happens out there and you're either going to pay attention to it and get buried by it or you're going to turn your head and, and go your own way and know that you do a good job and and that's easier said than done and and Aaron you you get it from within the business too because you're a female in at least with the sports that we cover in a male dominated world and I, I just will I'll never forget, and I told you about it when after it happened, Aaron, that when we watched the the morning show on Apple TV, that last episode where Jennifer Anderson kind of turns to the camera, I'm watching it with Michelle and, and we were having fun the entire night. We're watching it, and all of a sudden she just started bur- she just I, she couldn't talk. She was and it was it was bringing up a lot of things that she's had to put up with, a lot of weird placed hands. 
hugs, awkward hugs, comments made along the way that she's just had to turn her head and and go the other way. But she hears all that. And and I know you have to deal with that stuff, too. So it's not just noise from the outside. Yeah, and then even even just talking about even, you know, sort of uh, piggybacking that since like the, the Time's Up movement and Me Too, you know, have you noticed the shift in your workplace? I think the shift is people are really scared, to be honest with you. I mean, they, and as they should be, there's a, there's a ton of behavior that you need, cannot happen, right, in the workplace. But I mean, for me, fortunately, and I know the stories with Michelle, and I know the stories with some of my other coworkers, I'm lucky. Yeah, I've seen some stuff, but I'm, I'm really lucky. I, I really don't have a place to complain or, you know, say, well, I get it. It's happened to me. A lot of stuff hasn't. Now there has been some, you know, some shit that you deal with. But yeah, I, I do feel like there's been a change. I also feel like people are just afraid to say or even, you know, we walk, we sit down with coaches or players all the time, and I'm a hugger. You know, hey, what's up? Good to see you. How are you? And I kind of wondered when all that happened. Like, would they stop? Would they feel weird? I don't know. Yeah. All right, switching gears real quick, your sister, because you have this amazing relationship with your dad. And I'm like, where does she fit in? Like, if, if she's not into sports, like, she is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Tight, the four of us, but she's my daddy's girl as well. She's one of my best friends. She's involved in all the storylines, watches the games, um, you know, loves Joe and Troy and, and, and everything. So, yeah, no, she's right there, you know, with her. She's actually the, ver- she's my dad. And I'm my mom. So, um, yeah, she's like more of like, you know, the softy and my dad, my mom and I are kind of hardcore type A's really mm-hmm. easy to get along with. Yeah. <laughs> Sarcastic. When, when the scandal happened in 08 and the guy videotaped you in your, in your, hotel room. How does your, I can't imagine as a father, how I would feel if that were Natalie or Trudy and how scorched earth you want to go. How did, how, how did he handle it? How quickly did you go to him? And what was that time like for you? Because everybody's always got a comment about everything, but, but to me, that's the showstopper. That's the one that you and I haven't really talked a lot about it. It it's 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 just makes me sick to my stomach even thinking about it. You having to go through that or anybody for that matter. Yeah. How, how did your dad handle all that? Um, it was really hard on my parents, and I think that is the part I'm most resentful of. Forget, forget what it did to me, and you know PTSD and my thoughts about people taking pictures of me in public, and I have no, you know, I I, I don't agree to it or what they write on message boards it killed my parents. And that is the part that I am just angry about. Well, I kind of went into, well, first of all, I mean, it's well-documented, but that call that I had to make to my mom and dad, they're the first call with everything. They're the first call when I was diagnosed with cancer. They're the first call when that happened, everything. And I was screaming and my dad answered the phone and he thought I had been in a car accident because I was screaming so hard. My sister probably about 10 years earlier, had been in a major car accident. I remember sitting at home when my dad answered and she was screaming bloody murder because it was a very bad accident. And I remember my dad went into news reporter mode and I thought it was incredible. Where are you? What happened? Who's with you? I don't remember 
what my dad's reaction was. I just remember screaming and he's like, where are you? Where are you? What happened? And he did for a lot of what happened. My dad became the news reporter. He dealt with the lawyers. He dealt with the FBI. I kind of went into this whole glazed over mode and I just let my parents deal, which is kind of embarrassing. I was in my thirties and it was a huge event and my dad and mom really dealt. And I'm so thankful for them, but I'm so hurt for them because, you know, you later find out when you're older, your dad's going on antidepressants, your dad develops chest pains because of it. He internalized so much. Four months after all this happened, my dad then developed prostate cancer. Like, don't tell me there's not a relation with that. You know, it's just, he internalized and he dealt with so much. He's so angry. Like, Joe, you know, if anyone writes something about me on the internet, my dad will usually go after them on Twitter. He's just, that's his girl. He's protective. It's hard. He was the decision maker. He kept us together during it. He dealt with my mom. He always wanted to make sure I was okay. He wrote the speech that I had to say to the judge the first time uh, my stalker entered a courtroom with me. I remember he wrote it for me. And then I remember when, you know, the very first time we saw him and I had to speak to the judge about why he should go to jail for longer than how they sentenced him. um, My dad said, it's going to be really hard when he walks in. I want you to keep it together. And I remember he walked in and I just said, dad, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. And my dad said, look down right now and read your speech. And because he just knew I would, I would fall apart. That's so, such wow. great advice. Yeah. Oh, and oh. I remember looking down and you could just hear the teardrops on the speech my dad had written. So it was wild. I have no idea how that man held it together. Um, I am so thankful for him because uh, the four of us in our family would have never been able to go through that without him. Well, rage alone. I mean, that part, how do you suppress that? Joe and I talk about that sometimes. I mean, I have, an, I have a seven-year-old daughter. How do you stop from jumping over whatever fence or whatever's, whatever barrier and not just fucking annihilating physically that person? I, that, to yeah. me, takes discipline. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. God. And, you know, I wonder for you... I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people about it and maybe the last place you want to talk about it is on a podcast, but how do you, how do you go about putting that out of your head where you don't feel like that's always hanging over you whenever, you know, you're dragging that around now, something that you had that somebody did to you, you almost feel like is, is sitting there as as you meet somebody or as you, you know, Oh, that's you're thinking, Oh, that's when the rest of the world's moved on. Yeah. It, it's really hard, I think, when it's you to put it out of your to put it out of your head. Yeah, you know, I think time therapy. Um, there's certain triggers that happen that I'm like, oh god, I got to go back to therapy. You know, you think you're better, and then you're like, eh, how better? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Times I walked around the football field, and I would think to myself as I went to the other sideline, every single person in this stadium has seen me naked, and it's just like, why am I thinking about that right now? You know, there's. There's jerks that say on Twitter, you know, the the video, they bring up the video or whatever. But I think time really helps a lot. Therapy. Um, So yeah, I just, uh, yeah, therapy, time, the support of your family. I remember Joe saying at one time, I I think we're, you know, just sitting in a meeting room and I said something to him and he was just like, nobody remembers that. And it's true. Like exactly what he said, it's not in, in, you know, the front of his mind, but sometimes it is for me. So um, 
my husband's helped a lot. You know, I remember saying on the trial stand that I wish he could have met the person I was before this happened. I was so carefree. I was so, I was so appreciative of fans. Now it's hard to just trust a lot of people. Um, I'm a bitch when I go to hotels because I don't let anything, you know, near me or if there's something wrong, I'm like, that's your fault. Uh, that I would call that PTSD too. Um, but I'm, <laughs> time, time helps. Mm. I wanted Man. to mention Jared. I, I, I don't know of any of my friends that have, you know, Oliver's that way. I, I think Oliver, when they say you're better half, I, I think Jared is so good for you. I feel like I found my better half. You did. Oliver for sure has with Aaron. His his wife's a, a ten on every on every level. And, and, and then her name is Aaron. Yes. And, and I then, met her, right? I did. I met her. Yeah. 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 And then there's Except you. She with, has two two ends. Two ends. Two ends. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, sorry, but sorry, Joe. No, I just that's the end of the question. You have you have found a guy mm-hmm. that I think really gets you, is calming for you. He's a Canadian. Uh, I don't know why I throw that in, but just he's got a nature about him <laughs> that just he makes does. him very reassuring and calming for you. Is Am I judging so that right. right? He's the best. He's perfect for me because he's just so carefree. I'm very much like my mother. He's a lot like my dad. And um, yeah, he's, you know, he can adapt to any situation. I bring him into a Fox event, much like Michelle. And, you know, she's dancing and talking and, and being great. And Jared's over there talking to five bosses and not thinking anything of it. You know, we, we went, we did the a Thursday night game this year and we were so thankful the Murdochs asked us if we wanted to fly back to LA. And I'm sitting in the back because I'm like, want to bother them and there's my husband sitting in the front having an omelet with Lachlan Murdoch All right. <laughs> what are you doing don't blow this Jared don't doing? blow this we're not supposed Talk to be up there me. yeah I mean Jesus he's breaking down you know Fox News and Fox Sports and I'm just like good doctor um he's awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah he's he's a lot like Michelle in that respect we can bring them anywhere and uh they're the star of the show and you is, think is he's going to be a great daddy yeah, you know, I I got to talk to Joe a little bit about this, but you know, this quarantine has been interesting. We were kind of bragging to everyone, well, we don't have kids, ha 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 ha. Um, but it may, helped us make a lot of big decisions on having kids. And we were in Montana with a lot of families, and um, we started asking people, um, "What's the key to your marriage? What do you think has made it work?" And another thing, people said, you know, raising kids can bring up a lot of drama in your marriage what worked for you with that. So we've been asking a lot of couples, a lot of questions, guys, I'll, I'll throw it back to you in the studio. What do you think of raising kids? About what? Raising kids? I, it, yeah. It is, what's your number one piece of advice? Oh man. Get as much I mean, sleep as you can. Yeah. My, my honestly is rely more on your instincts than anything else because they're usually correct. And that's how I've been a parent. You know, I've never read a book. I do things differently than probably most of my friends do for sure. And it's just the instinct. It's, it's each kid is different and you might have to do it a certain way, a little differently, you know, but for the most part, I believe I believe who I believe I'm doing it correctly for my kids and, and I don't listen to anyone else, you know, I would say my, my advice is don't treat them like babies. Even when they are talk to them, like Mm -hmm. they're your, 
friend. Talk to them like they're your contemporary. Reason with them in a way that is not heavy-handed as being, well, it's because I said so, explain it, but do it in a way that's not based in baby talk and coddling and all that other stuff. My daughters, you know, they they got, they get me. They go right to the core of me because they know me and they know me from how I talk to them, even when they were little and, and unaware that I wasn't doing it the way other parents did it. I, I see other parents and it's, it's always standoffish and, and, uh, you know, everything you, you got from your mom and dad, Aaron, you will carry forward in, into your relationship and and you're you're set up, you're set up for success already. Well, that's, that's what I was about to say. And Joe, I'm sure obviously knows you much, much better than I do, but just even from talking to you and, you know, learning about your relationship with your dad and your mother and your parents in general and family in general, that alone should allow you to trust your instincts because you came from good stock. You came from from parents who knew, you know, how to parent and raised amazing girls and has such an incredibly tight family. So just trust that it's in there. You've adopted that. That's, that's just a part of you already. You I know? think the, the one thing that I think scares both of us, which you guys know better than anyone is not having the nine to five job, right? So being able to make up for the fact that you're not there for all the holidays or you're, you're not home to tuck them in at night. So that's going to be the interesting Not every thing. night, but but I'll tell you this, Aaron. I, I got more time with my daughters and I have more time with my boys than any other dad of my friend group. They would, you know, they were working hard, especially back when they were building, you know, I, I've done it in two different generations basically. But whenever when we were younger and everybody was building their whatever, their dental practice, or they were trying to become a partner at a law firm or they, you know, whatever they were doing, they were out of the door early morning and they were back late in the evening. And it's like, maybe the kids are up before they leave. Probably not. And when, when they get home, they're going to bed because we don't have a nine to five. I I think the advantages, far more advantages were there we're there for breakfast. We're there for homework. Yeah. We're there for so yeah. You're gonna miss stuff because you have to do something for a living. You're gonna miss things, but man, I I just had more time with Natalie and Trudy yeah. than than and anybody else, and it pays yeah. off. It's quality. Yeah. It's qual. It's yeah. quality. There, there's there's plenty of dads who probably sit home and don't pay attention to their kids, and they're there with them 13 hours a day, but don't do shit with them. Yeah, you know. Um, and the other thing too is I think it's important for your kids to see that you're out there working and earning a living. It's an important uh, message, you know? It's an important thing for them to see. So if mom is on the sidelines and they get to see her doing her job and they can be proud of that and they can try to emulate that, then, you know, that's a win, by the way. What about dropping off or picking up your kids in a Barney costume? Yeah, yes. (laughs) I did that. I don't think we've ever talked about that on this podcast. Again. Hey, Natalie and Trudy, uh, how was school? Yeah, but embarrassing <laughs> Barney them. seems to be a theme on this fucking show. I really? do Barney. Every other episode, Barney comes up. Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't know that. But, but yeah. that's because I'm a dad from 24 years ago. I Nobody's watching Barney anymore. In fact, it pisses me off because I really have to dig around the internet to find old Barney shit. My wife can't stand <laughs> it. And my boys are like, yeah, you know, they, they're not old enough to really get any of it. But some of that stuff, there is actually really good TV out there. And they're, they're yeah. it's, yeah, not all of it, not not a lot of the Disney Channel stuff, I'm sad to say, but 
Uh, there, there's really good TV out there. So it's, there's a lot of ways to raise your kids. But I think like Oliver said, that quality time of really putting in FaceTime and one-on-one and, you know, I, I played more Barbies with my daughters than, than any man should, but I, but we, I would make up voices for all the different Barbies and then they all had their scenarios. And what was your favorite Barbie? Do you remember any of them? I was a Barbie Mm. fanatic. No, we didn't have like the, you know, hey, it's Mermaid Barbie and this one is no, Casino Dealer, Blackjack Dealer Barbie. And, uh, we, Barbie like and Rockers, pe- Peaches and Cream. No, Peaches and Cream. Yeah. Malibu there's like pe- Barbie. Malibu. So there's also five. Barbie's Friends now. Barbie's Friends because Rio's into Barbie. Skipper, I love Skipper. Oh my God, Skipper. You know, you know what they're doing now, by the way, is on YouTube, which I've seen a thousand of them. There's like 50 bajillion views. These young girls are making millions of dollars. Horrible quality, horrible production, you know, but they're holding Barbies and they're playing with them. And they're like, oh my God, Barbie, like, I told you school is at 830. And she's like, Skipper, it's time to get out of bed. And they're, pl- <laughs> it's this whole world. That I they missed do. it. I, I should have done this. I had this way. Oh, no, I, I've had this idea that I would love to do one, but just as a spoof because yeah. it's so massive. I'm telling you, just Google Barbie on YouTube and it's like 30 million views for these things. And it's just these girls playing with Barbies. Oh my God. And, they said know. there was going to be bottle service here. This is bullshit. <laughs> <I'd>, <laughs> right. Exactly. But I would do we stuff. Do that one. Or every boyfriend was like, hey, Barbie. <laughs> you know, one was a moron. One was a, you know, and, and then they would start doing voices and it's good i mean it, it mm-hmm. develops another thing that that goes into them of you know being able to mimic or make stuff up or make up a storyline i mean all that stuff's good but i yeah. you're gonna be Every such a great mom time. aaron i can't wait for you to, to experience it what Next. if they hate sports though what if they're like oh god i hate sports i don't know that's gonna be interesting for both of us because i uh i love nick saban joe and i have chatted and he has different I love him. I free. I'm I don't know. Theater. I've never met him. I'm sure he doesn't yeah. know who I am. So I, whatever. Oh, that's a lie. Of course he does. But, um, I'm a Florida Gator, but I love Nick Saban and he used to scare the living crap out of me where I would do interviews like this. But now, I mean, I got a chance to get to know him pretty well. And then I told him one day, I was like, literally when I have my firstborn, it's going to be Simba circle of life out of the womb, into your hands, national championship, Heisman, you know, going to the NFL. Cause I like you create winners. And he was like, oh. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who is it? Like sports will, it'll be interesting. That's it'll be fine. I love dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my wife is pushing my kids. Now one is, you know, Blake is like the state puff marshmallow man right now. Just massive. <laughs> falling all over the place. The other one, Wyatt is doing tricks on a scooter and jumping from couch to Ottoman to other couch to, she's like, he's a dancer. He's going to be a dancer. I'm like, just pump the brakes on all this. So she wants to buy them tap shoes this week. They're two. (laughs) They're two. She's going to buy him tap <laughs> shoes. Shuffle step. Yeah. Shuffle, Kickball shuffle, change. Huh? Everybody's <laughs> dancing. <laughs> well, Wilder, my oldest, is an amazing dancer. He's just naturally that. amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm like, dude, let's get into dance class. You can do hip hop dance. You can do whatever. Like, you move your body very well. And he's yeah. like, dad. He's like, 
absolutely not. I'm like, please, just try. He's like, no way. He does not want any part of it. I was the fat kid in the corner at tap tap lessons when I was like eight. My mom dragging my ass there. Oh, my God. I took tap. Yeah. I yeah. love that's why you do the kickball change. Absolutely. Brush, yeah, that'll brush, be a hard yeah. one. How do you know like what sports? How do you know if they well they they tell you, right? I get I mean, I'm 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 guilty of cramming, you know, a hockey stick in their hands or bat or let's hit it again. You know, they don't really get the idea of you know something coming out of my hand into an area where they could hit it and then they're just now mm. figuring out how to shoot baskets instead of like dunk on this little Fisher price thing. Now they'll actually stand uh-huh. away from it and shoot it. But that stuff just comes over time and then they'll, they'll tell you or they'll just run away from you. Yeah. I just found out <laughs> yesterday you should be hitting in peewee, not wait until later on in hockey. That was a big one for me. Oh, really? I should start hitting now because when they get into whatever it is after peewee, what's after peewee in hockey? Bantam. Oh yeah, good. Really I played good. hockey for oh, almost God. ten years. Here we go. He's did, yeah. Did you? I could hit have been in peewee. Yes, we did. We hit yeah. in peewee. That was back in the day. Um, I played in a league that was uh, two years older, so I was I was very uh, small too, so and I got hard. lit the fuck up. <laughs> I got lit up. Oh my God, I got lit up so hard, and but I I, I persevered. I was yeah, a good did. hockey player. I got recruited to go back east to go play prep school, but I decided not to. What I was got the game. They took a team from California and oh. uh, they comprised this team. And we went back east and we played three weeks back east of all like Governor Dummer and, you know, all the prep schools back there. And um, there were a few schools that wanted me to come play. I'd have to go back a year in high school and I didn't want to do that. And, you know, anyway, anyway. But my brother played pro hockey. Wyatt played huh. pro. Yeah, I knew that. And you got is Jared yeah. in the back? Is Jared getting ready to go play golf right now, or what's he doing? No, he's actually off day. He just got tested for the first time by the LA Kings. Tested three days a week because they're going to start going back in the facility and skating. Uh, I guess a lot of guys are back in town. Yay, yay, sports! So they're so, they're they're already starting back around for the next season, right? Bunch of, yeah, they don't know if they're going to start in December or January, but guys are back and they are skating. Um, yeah, they're already skating. He went for his first test today. I want to know so badly because we're dealing with a massive wimp here. You could take 50 shots, like a puck in your face, stitches here, <laughs> stitches forever. But if I pop a pimple on his back or like yeah. there's like something here, <laughs> so I'm dying to know how the swap went. That is so unfair. Oh. That's there's no way that's that's Jared Stoll. There's no way. Oh my God. We had a dragonfly this big in our house last night. I was screaming bloody murder only because it like hit me in the butt and it was so loud. So I was like, you have to come up here. He thought it was a rat. And he's like, if it's a rat, I'm not coming. I mean, this guy was like, (laughs) crap to officials, to opponents. No, it's just going to be the headline. Stole is a wuss. Oh, big time. God. Great guy. Um, all right. Yeah. So, so here's, let's wind down with this. We're, we're about to start. This is going to air on Thursday. So. Oh yeah. We're, we're under two weeks away from going back to work. Are you all good with, uh, with planes and hotels and traveling and stadiums? And what have they told you as a sideline reporter, your access will be in the era of COVID. 
Well, I think what they've told all of us is don't expect week one to look like week eight or nine or 10. And I'm hoping that right now I am as Rich Dalrymple, who works uh, PR and basically has the keys to everything with the Dallas Cowboys said, I'm in the penalty box. I'm in the first row. I'm in a moat area. Uh, I went and cried to my husband the night I found out I wasn't going to be on the state uh, on the field. He said, Hey, you're in the stadium. At least you're in the stadium. Come here. Oh, how did the swab go? With, hey, with sexy. Hey, buddy. What's up? How are you? Um, <laughs> doing good. Doing good. You look skinny. Did you get hurt? What's up, brother? I know. How he are you, man? Lose weight. Did, did you cry? So what was the swab? Tell us. So they did the throat real quick, and then they did, did you uh, have to do it yourself, or did they nostril. do it? No, they did. Some lady did. Okay. It was really easy. Did you gag? No. Oh. Yeah. No, it wasn't like. <laughs> It was really not. I've had every test. I've been tested five times. I've had the nose. I've had the back of the throat. I've had a spit test. I've had blood, uh, anal. Yes. Anal. No, he did. Hmm. He did an anal test. <laughs> That's not true. That was the. Yes, one. it is, Joe. That's Let's not do true. It. Come on. Yeah, that was the first it version is. of it. Uh, I I was just <laughs> I came back positive for a tapeworm. <laughs> They're like, oh, sorry, we thought we were doing a tapeworm test. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> look at these two. Look at these two. There, you guys no. are. You guys are nesting. Kids. You guys are nesting. And things that we heard. Am I on this podcast right now? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You're gonna no, get the you same are. amount of payment Aaron is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and basically <laughs> Oliver and me too. Nothing. <laughs> Talking about going back to the season, and yeah, I'll be in the front row, and I complained about that. You said at least I'm in the stadium, which thank goodness. How about, what about Jared? Did you add, did you have to ask Pops for her hand in marriage? Did you actually, you know, do all that? I did. I did do that. He had massive um, stomach sure? issues that night. Yeah. Had that I was go. wondering what was going on. He texted my dad, which I saw, and then he kept having to go to the bathroom all night. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Her, uh, her dad tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> Are you sure? You're right. Have you been drinking? You serious, Clark? Serious, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> well, I asked, I, I asked my wife to marry me and I had a whole situation and it worked out and it was beautiful. And, and she's like, Oh my gosh. Cause well, what did my dad say? And I'm like, Oh, I, I didn't, I had no idea. Oh, ask him. I have no idea. No, I, it didn't even cross my mind. Like didn't even cross my mind. I just came from a different place. I mean, my parents were divorced and it was horrible. Yeah, and then Kurt came into my life and it was great. And they they weren't married. And so I was just, it didn't even, the traditional aspects of marriage didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. You know, and then That's I called and then, and then I called, his name is Brooks. Aaron's like, well, you have to tell him. And I called him and he answers and he's, he's from new England, you know, and he's like, he's like, Hello. I'm like, hey, Brooks, it's Oliver. Hey, how you doing, pal? I said, so I, I got to tell you something. And he goes, what is it? And I, I come on, I'm quiet. And I say, Aaron's pregnant. And it's just quiet on the phone. And I let it hang there and sit there. And I'm like, ah, I'm just kidding. I just proposed. She said, yes. <sighs> so I, I set it up with something sort of a bit crazy to then lessen the blow. Okay, you know, a bit, yeah. Yeah. Me, of me my not asking knew. my mom knew she said because you said hey can i talk to you guys and my mom said i bet he's asking um well, to marry never, her but my dad said it. no i think he's asking what we should do for christmas presents that's what it, my dad oh, thought really? he had no idea yeah 
really? Clark. Did I you do it as an investigative text? reporter for God's sake? I, know. <laughs> I was way off. Um, yeah, no, you didn't do You said I want to talk to you guys I, over text, right? I, I called him, yeah. But you, you did. Said I, I need to talk to yeah. you over text. Yeah, yeah. That's what I saw when I was snooping in your phone. Just to tell you mm. what kind of guy I am, I was like 65 asking my wife's dad <laughs> uh, if I could <laughs> propose to his daughter. And he's like... He looked at me as, you know, we we're talking about what went on back after World War II. Uh, and and then, he, you know, he said yes, laughed at me. He's like, you sure you want to break back into jail, huh? And uh, that that was literally his response. Like, what are you, you want to get married again for the second time? What's wrong with you? Yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't care. So How fun a- were Joe and Michelle at our wedding? They were like one of the, they were it, like, if we could give out superlatives, they were the MVPs, no doubt. Yeah, they were in they crashed. three stars for sure. Yeah. yeah. Three stars. In the three star, I'll take like the third star. I, I, I mean, no. Michelle will. I disagree. Yeah. You guys kept together. You kept the dance party going. Every picture we have, all of our, like Joe and Michelle are like. Can you imagine oh, that? Yeah. Awesome. Can you imagine me oh. doing that? Uh, maybe not with your hands up like that, but yes, because you. You guys party. Look, we we've partied with you like like uh, crazy. I mean, stuff that we can't even talk about. Whoa, you yeah. Know? So that'll be the last you- podcast, and when I'm not going to be working in the <laughs> public anymore, then we'll do that uh, podcast yeah. and say, "Get on, everybody, uh, chew yeah, on that." Hello, for everybody. <laughs> That's what I miss a lot. Joe, do what you do when you put your headset on for the first time. It's my favorite. With a hello. Yeah. Hello. Every time we put the headset on, you know, we have the same shit. These guys must just get so tired of my act. (laughs) Hello again, everybody. Sitting here in the catbird seat, ready for another tilt between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Beautiful day here in New Orleans. And like talk like the old time announcer. And then away we go. I know it's not it's not far off from how you really are. You know, I mean, there's like a. There's a you, there is a little bit of this. I mean, not a lot, but just kind of a little bit. It's oh, Joe Buck here. God. My favorite one of all time, Eagles game. I don't even know who they were playing. It was a one o'clock kick, and Joe just said, in the words of Tone Loke, they kicked the ball. Let's do it. And I <laughs> kicked myself. It was the funniest one ever. Wow. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll slip one in. It's like Highlights Magazine, where, oh, there's a pickaxe in the tree. You got to find it. I don't want to yeah. make it too obvious. I know. But look, look, your first NFL game back, you have to do something. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? You got to do something cool. You know, don't be, don't just be lame. You got to do something cool. Yeah, no pressure. What are you going to do? I'm just going to do a lot of, I'm going to just do a lot of subtle COVID references. I have to wear a mask. You guys don't, do you? I don't know. Aikman texted me the other day and said, uh, are we going to be socially distanced for like our on cameras? And Oh yeah, probably. You will. I think it's more about the message. Forget the fact we've been tested. It's the message to America. So I'm excited about the mask because this is where I break out the most. So I'm doing America a favor. Okay, well let's 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 wrap it up. And Joe, why don't you ask our last question? Um, yes, when you guys when you guys become parents, what what are you what are you hoping you carry forward as a parent yourself uh, from your dad or your mom? And and what do you what do you hope uh, trait wise you don't bring into it from your dad? What what's like something you want to end with with your generation? I think what I want to bring forward is 
how close we are as a family and we talk about everything. I know that's shocker for you and you may not want that, but no, we just, I, I, we had a couple, we went to dinner with the other night and their kids are what in their twenties and they still hang with their parents. They love it. They drink. I mean, that's one thing my dad says all the time. I love having a drink with my girls. Mm-hmm. Um, Except for them when we get overserved and we start crying and my mom walks in and goes, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> like a Jared back there, um, just yeah. subtly shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's hard. What I don't want to bring in. Is he too intense? Is he too, uh, he's got to be like something. Five text messages from him today of stories that he wanted us to read. This is why, you know, the world's a mess. The family group text is, uh, it, it's, it's hot sometimes. It goes yeah. Oh, yeah. Does it get political? Does it get like, does you say hot? I mean, that's what my mind immediately goes to that you guys are like, no, talking. just just a lot of, uh, a lot of text, I think. Just to, well, when you're it's, just, it's just really active. Active. Oh, yeah. We have, a, we have a family text <laughs> to it. gets gnarly. It can get very gnarly. So, yeah. how about the, here's a question Do, do you get, are you more active on the group text, Aaron, that is you, Kendra, your mom, dad, and Jarrett, or you, Kendra, and your mom and dad? Minus Jarrett. Yeah. Is that doing Jarrett yeah. a favor? Is that there? It's yeah. Like, let's keep it. There. A lot of times I'll, or if I disagree with something about him or maybe something he did, I'm like, <laughs> listen to this shit. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, there's a separate, <laughs> yeah, there's a separate, separate text chain. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm you don't even know there is one. I'm not mad at it. I'm not on your text chains with your parents. I don't have many. Um, so what, a whole other. Give me something that you have witnessed that you're like, eh, I hope I'm not that way when I'm a parent. You, there's got to be there's, something. Come on. It has to be. Perfection is not r- realistic. Can't be. No, this is not a group answer. This is not. A I know, answer. and the crazy part is he's gonna watch this too. Um, I don't know, God, and this is a great question. There's nothing about you that you've inherited from your dad—a piece of you. You're like, oh God, I wish, I wish I didn't have that. Nothing. I can't. No. There isn't. Wow. What about his hairline? He's got a good one. I mean, it's hanging on. I do okay. look like him with a mustache. Yes. Um, what else? What else? What else? Shut <laughs> up, Jared. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> Clark, Clark, I'm sorry, buddy, but like he he's, he's got these New Balance. I know what it is. Chunky sneakers. He does. God huge. love him. That's I, fine. I love, I love His you, shoe Clark. game is weak. <laughs> I'll get you some Nikes or my something. My dad's a hoarder. He is with my mom. He just holds on to way too much shit. And as I'm looking around my desk right now, I have way too much shit sitting here. It's hard okay. to get yeah, rid did. of stuff. Okay. It is. There's we always a, a reason to keep it. You got to go through the the 10 reasons to get rid of it and just throw it, pitch it. Goodbye. There's no well, reason to have some of this crap. No, these are great. Moira and Tom Brady, knock it off. What like, is those that? are great. Like the prayer candles, aren't they? Oh my god! Well, uh, what is it? It's if it brings you joy, you keep it, right? I just think it's funny. I'm trying to like look at stuff here. Like I I like, know. Like, I, we were making like, a lot of posters for birthdays in quarantine. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 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 this is great. Uh, magic mark. I think I've got some trail mix here that's uh, too much old. Yeah. 
terrible, right? When's this podcast over? Seriously. It's over right now. Right, you guys can right hit now. leave meeting. You, you can be right back. You're now. dead to me, Jared Stahl. You're dead. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, I love you. Love you love both. You love you guys. See you Thank soon, you guys. Aaron.